<laughs> Kids run everywhere. That's so funny. I guess I, I know I'm old now when I see that. I'm like, man, I remember running everywhere. Now I don't run anywhere. <laughs> I run occasionally at the gym, and I hate it. <laughs> I hate every minute of it. Everybody's like, oh, I love running. It's so peaceful. I'm like, no, I hate it. Unless somebody's chasing me, I don't like running at all. Oh, my gosh. Where uh, Patrick's not here today. Patrick, <laughs> Patrick killed us. Well, he didn't kill us, but, man, we, we did legs the other day, and I don't like doing legs. I can't walk. Like, I go to get on steps, and I just, whoops, and I just fall over. <laughs> it's like my legs don't work anymore. Why is this? My legs are big enough. I have, that's, I'm trying to get down. <laughs> Why do we have to work legs? I need those to walk. Anyway, I digress. Um, all right, we've been going through and uh, talking about gifts and what that looks like, uh, gifts of the Spirit. Um, we... We have, we have kind of come through this, and then Buddy last week even and took and ran with it too and really enjoyed listening to his too. I listened, listened to it again this morning. Um, going along the same lines, some of the things he said I'll kind of springboard off of. Um, but we kind of use some of the same scriptures because it's what talks about these things, the subject that we're talking about. One of the things that I want to encourage you guys uh, as a church, we, you know, especially this, this year, this new year, when, when I was looking at how we kind of operate as a church, one of the things that we asked some questions, and we had a couple meetings, and uh, talked to even a few visitors that, that we asked, you know, what, what do you like about church and what do you not like? And I even reached out to some other people, you know, around the city and different things like that. And one of the things was um, that there wasn't enough discussion. Um, that Usually the pastor gets up and just preaches and everybody leaves. So I want to encourage you, if there is a question or if there's something that you want to add, we, we have uh, a microphone, yes, yeah, so we can keep it recorded. That's not just to embarrass you or whatever, but it's so that we can keep it recorded so that people that watch online and podcast can hear it later. Um, so I want to encourage you that do what? No doubt. No <laughs> doubt. So just know that if, if somebody runs up with a microphone, that's why. They're, we're just trying to get it recorded because it's good, because you have the same Holy Spirit that I have. And so it's good to hear from you guys as well. Um, so um, as we go through this, I, I want to encourage you, um, at the very least, raise your hand or something so we know. And just Some of you don't have to. You can just shout out. But um, for the most part, we... It's okay to talk. You could, I don't know why I tell you guys. Most of you guys know this. But for visitors or anybody that doesn't know this, you'll, you'll catch on quickly. All right. So, uh, so what we've talked about up to this point was, was gifts and kind of the purpose behind them. And I'm always going to lean more towards that than being more, um, I don't know, not necessarily expository, but just uh, e- explaining them in a more practical way, although we will kind of get to that. I'm always going to take a step back and look at it in light of the gospel and in light of the purpose behind what we do it. So... Sorry ahead of time if I don't do it in a way that you may expect it to be more of a a very uh, broken down step-by-step practical teaching, although there's going to be a little bit of that in there. Most of the time it's going to be me uh, looking at the bigger picture and seeing the purpose behind why we do what we do. It's just how I I teach. Um, So where we are now going through, there's uh, we talked about uh, what the gifts look like some, but we talked about the purpose behind them. We were in 1 Corinthians 12.4, if you want to turn there. First uh, Corinthians twelve four it says there are different kinds of gifts but the same Spirit distributes, Amen, the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone it is the same God at work. Now to each one the manifestation of the gifts is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. You see a pattern here? (laughs) Um, To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. 
and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit, and he distributes them to each just as he determines or just as he wills. Now, this is the key, the key, uh, the key part of the scriptures at the very end, that God distributes in them as he wills. One of the things that I found when I began to study these gifts, and people will break them down in nine different gifts, right? Have y'all ever seen that, that broken down? You go through those. I have too over the years, and even this week as I've gone, I've studied and I've listened to other pastors preach from this, and they've broken it down in these different ones and explain each one. And I hope that you're not that hungry for that because I'm not going to quite do that today. Um, but what I am going to do, we're going to we're going to break down what I think Paul was trying to emphasize, especially um, as he was speaking to the Corinthian church there. Uh, so, all that to say, uh, we're going to we're not going to break it down in a way that we can't see the bigger picture and what's going on behind the scenes in the spirit. All right. So, what he says here in verse four it says there are different kinds of spirits. Okay, did y'all hear me? There are different kinds of spirits, but I mean, I'm sorry. Scratch that. Can we edit that? There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. All right. Scratch that last thing I said. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all, in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Why does Paul feel the need to say this? There must have been an issue, right? Well, there was. We're going to talk about it. All right. So, hang on. We're going to get there. All right. Paul's writing a letter to the Corinthians, okay? If you want to know more about the church in Corinth, you can go back to Acts 18. It talks a little bit more about it. Um, but the, he basically spent a year and a half in, in Corinth. Uh, it was a port city with lots of temples and Greek, to Greek and Roman gods. Uh, it was a, a community Paul knew very well. Obviously, he spent a year and a half there uh, getting to know the people, and many followed Jesus there. Okay, so a church broke out there. Then once the church broke out, he spent a year and a half. Paul went on to start churches in other areas, okay? So what he does when he, when he gets to these other churches, he starts receiving news that the church in Corinth is having some issues, right? Y'all, you guys know some, a little bit about this? So he gets word that there's some issues going on in the church in Corinth. And so if you're familiar, Paul writes these 13 letters, these different churches, and this is one of those letters that he says, okay, I'm going to write uh, to the Corinthian church, and I'm going to address some of the issues that they're having. So they're having these problems, and they're kind of broken up. If you want to break them into sections, we're going to break them down into sections. Before we can ever get to the whole gifts thing, the whole gifts thing is just a response into an issue that was, being, that was going on inside the church, okay? I feel like if we, if we attack this from the wrong angle and we just want to talk about gifts and how they operate, I think we're going to miss the point of what Paul's trying to, trying to address here. He's not trying to just narrow things down so that you can feel better about your gifts. That's not what he's doing here. Gifts are going to happen. Gifts come from the giver. We just said he's the one that gives them to us. When the Holy Spirit moves, you can see that all through Acts. When the Holy Spirit moves, things happen. The Holy Spirit manifests itself. It, it, it's going to happen. It's going to be, it's going to be this flowing out of, of God moving in and through your life. So when those things happen, you find yourselves in this position with the Corinthian church, and they're like, oh, man, this is awesome. This is great. And, and it is. It is awesome. Have you ever felt the Holy Spirit move? It's amazing. It's awesome. So what happens is he's, they, we have this young church uh, with new believers, and the, the Holy Spirit begins to move, and they find themselves free. And they find themselves alive. They have new life, and it's awesome. And so he gets led. He gets word that there's some things happening. So he addresses these issues. The first issue um, is between the, the, 
1 through 4, and it's basically divisions in the church. And I'm not going to go through and read all the way through Corinthians. We just don't have time for it. So I'm going to kind of paraphrase, so bear with me. Um, but 1 through 4, basically, he's, he's talking about divisions in the church. So there were some that loved Paul, some that loved Peter, Apollos. There were people that were kind of groupies, basically. And they were following these people around. They're like, he's right. No, he's right. Well, I disagree with you because he's right. Well, he's a better teacher. Well, he's better at this. And so there were these disagreements and these divisions in the church because people were essentially groupies for men instead of Jesus, right? So Paul basically says, stop it. <laughs> like, stop. The church is not a popularity contest. The church is a community centered around Jesus, not Paul, not, a, not me. He even says, it's not about me. It's not about Apollos. It's not about Peter. It's about Jesus. Paul addresses each of these issues with the gospel. He addresses each, each of these problems with the only solution that exists. I love uh, what Buddy said last week. The answer to all the world's problems, they're all clamoring around looking for the answer. It's right here. We have it. We have the answer. No one, not a lot of people want to look at it. This is why we, we know, you know, I've talked about in the past that the, the devil's not the one that kills, steals, and destroys any other way. Jesus is the only way. The reason why things fall into those categories that they're, they're dying and they're destroyed and there's destruction is because it's another way. The problem is we have already categorized, especially in our Western culture, as good and bad when there's lots of things that fall under the guise of good that are another way, right? We find this in a lot of churches a lot of times when people will begin to, pride will begin to creep up and you'll find this man of God that's going to do these things or whatever and then he falls and then the church falls apart. Why? Because it was built on this man, not on Jesus. It was one of the things uh, Buddy mentioned last week too. This church is not built on me. Not on my personality, not on his personality for sure. <laughs> Sorry. I got to take a dig when he's not here. No, no but it, it's not, I mean, it's not. It's Listen, we, I say this, and I don't say it lightly, because I've been to, and I'm not trying to compare, but we probably have the best worship team I've ever heard in my life. Like, I feel like we're one of the, like, best-kept secrets in Mobile. Like, nobody really even knows how awesome our worship team is. But listen, we're, we're, not, we're not worshiping these guys, we're worshiping Jesus. And, and they'll, I mean, they'll tell you the same thing. None of us, none of us are up here trying to, trying to say, hey, look at me. And this is what, this is what I love about our church. That's what I love about you guys. You guys are the same way. It's about how can I build someone else up? He's saying, look, it's not about Apollos. It's not about Peter. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. He answers the problem with the only solution that exists. Uh, he, he basically goes on to explain, like, you know, liking one leader or teacher over another is not worth dividing. This is, this is what frustrates me about denominations, too. Oh, I don't want to get on that soapbox, but I might. Dividing, uh, dividing or speaking poorly of one another uh, Paul answers this with the gospel too. The, my, my beef with denominations is most, most, and I can't speak for all, but most of the denominations that I've been a part of hold so strongly to their traditions that they, they will cause divisions. And that is the opposite of the gospel. That's the opposite of the gospel. Our diversity should cause sustenance and strength in the church. We talked about it a couple weeks ago about the hands and the feet. Listen, we don't, we don't need a bunch of eyes in here. We don't need a bunch of ears. We don't need a bunch of, we need all of us. We need, man, we need this person who is just so, so strong and so hungry for, for healing. And then we need this person who is just so deep in the word that he just wants to, to, to digest it and just speak on it constantly. We need this person who is, is bubbly and happy. And we need this person who is just brokenhearted for the lost. We need everyone. We need that. That's the church. That's you. 
We need someone up here to, to teach, to prophesy. Like I said earlier, we're going we're gonna to get to eventually, maybe, if we have time. Prophecy is the one I want to talk about is prophecy. Well, let's go there now. Why not? Man, I'm skipping. No, I'm not. I'm going to wait. There's a problem. In, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Just We've got to take the road, though. I'm, I'm bad about just trudging through the field to get there. Let's take the road. Let's take the road. Why don't we take the road? It's my ADD. Uh, <laughs> five through seven, there's a problem. It's sexual misconduct. It's pretty clear. One guy's sleeping with a stepmother. This other guy's going to the temple. I mean, it's, it's pretty scandalous. You could, like, have a Netflix special about some of this stuff. So this guy's, <laughs> I mean, legit, you could. So this guy's, and, but here's the thing. They think it's okay. They're in the church. They're free. It's okay. We can do this stuff. No, it's not. And so there's others that are going to worship in other temples. They're worshiping other gods, and they're sleeping with, like, the, the prostitutes to these other gods, and they're doing this stuff. It's some sketchy stuff going on. How does Paul address it? You guessed it, with the gospel. Look, he, he calls out identity in them. You, you are a brand new creation. Jesus died for your sins, and that, sins, that sin includes sexual misconduct that leads to what? Broken relationship. Do you see a pattern here? Division. It's the opposite of the gospel. He says, you are having some issues here. I'm writing you to tell you I am not pleased. <laughs> God is not pleased. Yes, you are free, but you, you, are, you are not free to do those kind of things. Because it's not just the things that you're doing, it's the result of them. What? Broken relationships. I've told you before, God doesn't want you, God wants you, is not trying to limit your fun or your joy. He just doesn't want you to be shot if you go cheating on your wife. You know, I mean, I know that's kind of rough, but I'm just saying he knows that broken relationships are not his heart. He doesn't want that. He doesn't want you to deal with the fallout. We've all seen it. We've seen relationships broken and we're crushed by it. Everyone is affected. I always say it's like this explosion when a relationship breaks and everyone around it is, is, you feel it. The closer you are to it, the more you feel it. God's trying to, he's trying to prevent that. Paul's trying to tell them what you're doing is wrong and it's not just wrong because I don't want you to enjoy your life. I want you to enjoy your life the way that I intended it because it's better that way. We've said before, it's infinitely better um, to be drunk in the spirit than, than to be drunk with wine. Or we talked about, we somehow stumbled on it in Matthew and youth. Somehow we got to talking about being high on drugs. And I was like, well, it's better to be high on Jesus than to be high on drugs. There's no regrets. regrets. <laughs> there's no hangovers. There's no broken relationships. There's no, there's no aftermath. There, it's not only that, it's not temporary. It's eternal. Like, the same thing with, with, man, I don't know how far I want to go with this, but why not? Let's talk about it. Same thing with sex. God has designed it in a way that you should be able to enjoy sex in the context of marriage. It's, it's his way to do it. And I, I know we don't, everybody's uncomfortable talking about this, but we need to talk about it. One of the things we keep quiet about, and one of the reasons I think some the places we're in the church, we are because we want to avoid these things. Listen, it is good for you. That's a good thing. And I'm glad. <laughs> Might change religions if it wasn't, but no, I'm just kidding. So, this, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, it's, you're gonna. This, this is a loving environment. This is like the only place you can really open up about that kind of stuff and not feel the condemnation and guilt. Right. That's what the world might throw on you. This is where it's we, we really need to talk about, it, especially like with like pornography with young men. Yeah. It's a big deal. Like yeah, that came up at the very end of the conversation in youth, and I was like, well, we'll talk about that next week. That's too it's much. Like, it's like it's like it's like God wants <laughs> to call you know the identity out of these young men, and the world is just feeding this crap, and yep. they don't realize it's so much better that God has planned for them later in life. It's just yep. you know we need to talk about it. And here's the thing, you're, what you're going to find, because, man, well, let's, let's go here. 
I guess because of social norms, you're, not, you're going to find someone that stands up in church and says, I struggle with this or I struggle with that, but you're not going to find many men to stand up and say, I'm struggling with pornography or I'm struggling with, with this thing. Why? Because there's so much shame and guilt. Why? Because it is bad. Because of what it causes. Um, and I think, I think the reason is, just, just like you said, we're scared to talk about it in church when we need to talk about these things. We're, we're getting ahead again, but... <laughs> All right, so... Well, no, this goes right along the line. So 8 through 10, he talks about... We're, we're going to come back to that. Keep, not that you could forget what we just talked about, but <laughs> while you're thinking about that, the next problem was food, but it was food offered to idols. So there was a... Um, there was meat that was offered to Greek and Roman gods, causing more divisions between Jew, Jews and non-Jews, um, or Jewish and non-Jewish Christians. Paul explains that it's, the meat's not the problem. So if you have this meat, um, you're free to eat it if it's offered to idols. But if it offends your brother, so if he thinks that you're worshiping other idols and it's going to offend him for some reason, don't eat it. But if you're at home and no one's around and that meat was offered to idols, you can eat it. It's the same meat, right? What's the difference? The situation. We... The, the, grand, the glue that holds the body together, the glue that holds all the gifts together is love. The only thing that governs our freedom is the love for our brothers and sisters, right? Now let's backtrack now. Let's go to the, I guess, back to the, the sexual misconduct thing. If this, this, is, this is where it's tough, man, because it's not, there's not a blanket statement that you can put out there because each situation is going to be different. It's, it's, some of the, it's the reason why I get into conversations I get into a lot of, I don't know why, I guess because I'm a pastor, people really want to talk about this stuff. And I'll get into these hypothetical, and I've told you before, I get into these hypothetical situations, people will put me, try to back me into a corner. What if this person did this, and this person did this, and this person did this? How would you treat that in your church or from your perspective doctrinally from Scripture? And, and I used to try to defend that until finally I said, I don't know, this doesn't exist, I don't know this person. And they always say it's a cop-out, but it's not. It's not a cop-out because... All these things that Paul's talking about revolve around relationship. One thing that Mark taught us years back that I disagreed with back then in my immaturity was how paramount relationship is. It's so important to God that he tore the veil from top to bottom so that we could have it. Relationship is the gospel. (laughs) A restored relationship to God, and in turn, us restoring relationships, we have the ministry of reconciliation for others. That is the gospel. You talk about missionary, being a missionary, that is sharing the love of God with your neighbors. So when we talk about that love and this glue that holds us together in our giftings, um, if someone str- has struggled, uh, say if they've had an alcohol problem, they've struggled with alcohol, or, or if they were an alcoholic in the past, and I have liberty to drink wine with a meal, at the, at the moment that we build a relationship that we know enough about that person to know that that, is gonna, that could cause a problem with them, our liberty is now only curbed by the love that we have for our neighbor. Does that make sense? So if you're at home and you want to have wine and it's no problem with you, you're not getting drunk, you're having wine, no issue at all, the wine's the same. But if you're in front of a brother or sister that struggles with something like that, your liberty is no longer liberty because your liberty is only governed by the love that you have for them. Does that make sense? This is what he's trying to get to here. Same thing with the whole sexual misconduct. If, if you feel like you are causing someone to, to fall in a certain area by whatever you, you can fill in the blanks, I'm not going to go through that because I'm not that kind, I don't teach prescriptive quite like that. You, you guys have given the Holy Spirit. You guys have it. You guys are led by the Spirit, not just me teaching you. You have it when you leave here. 
Uh, one of the other things Buddy talked about, you're not going to always have an awesome worship up here or me up here building you up to minister to somebody at, you know, at the dollar store when you're in there when their whole life is falling apart and you feel led to go help them or, or, or pray for them or love them. You, you're, we don't have that luxury all the time. I'm glad that we have it sometimes where we can come in here and do this. It's awesome. I'm thankful for it. But you guys have to be led by the Holy Spirit and love in your gifting, not just in here but out there. I heard this quote, and I don't remember who, who wrote it or who said it. So if you know, you can give them credit. But it says, the baptism in the Spirit enables supernatural power for practical service. In other words, you are gifted in an area, and you're going to manifest that gifting anywhere you go. When you, when you get this supernatural, this Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, it will, he will manifest himself in and through you. Now, where, where you go with that is the same place that God, that, that God did through Jesus in that service. That's loving your neighbor more than yourself. That's flowing constantly for the ones that are around you. It's the very character of God. What Paul talks about later on that, that when he talks about the gifts and he goes through, and I don't think he's going through it systematically. I think he's addressing the issues that are going, through, going on in the church in Corinth. But when he goes through these gifts, he is just identifying things that are already happening. He's not trying to prompt them. He, he never says seek, even in the scripture when he says desire. That word in the Greek is not seeking out. It's just having this, this desire for it. Seek these gifts. And he says to seek the one over more than all the others is prophecy. What I want to talk about, and I finally got here, <laughs> is prophecy. What have you heard about prophecy? What do you think prophecy is? What's, what's the most common description that you've heard people talk about being prophetic or having prophecy? Protecting the future, right? It's like a crystal ball. Well, I'll tell you, it includes that, but that's not at all what it's limited by. And I hope to demystify this for you because it can be very helpful. Because if, if, if Paul thought it well enough to say that this is one of the most important things, then we should take note of it. And he says prophecy is very important. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14.1 says, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of, of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So he, he kind of highlights it. Now, what I don't want you to do, I don't want you to put these on levels. And this is what I saw. A lot of people break this down on levels. And I don't think this is what he's doing here. I think he's doing the same thing he did with all the other churches. He's doing with the, with the church in Corinth. He's giving the solution to the problem, and he's highlighting that. Why is that? Look at the definition of prophecy now. There's, there's three different things that, that kind of define it. One of them is the foretelling of, of future events pertaining especially to the kingdom of God. And that's, if you want to go back, it's Matthew eleven thirteen, 13, Acts 2, 17, Acts, 2, uh, uh, Acts 21, 9, Matthew 15, 7. There's lots of examples of that. So that's foretelling the, tr- the future, which is true, but specifically pertaining to what? The kingdom of God. All right. The this, this second part of what the word means is to, to declare a thing that can only be known by divine revelation. That's evident in Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. All the Gospels talk about that. Now, the one in Corinthians... And the definition that's given here is to teach, refute, reprove, admonish, and comfort others. Now, that's, that's a lot to take in for one word, right? So what we can do with all this, I know that's a lot of information for one word, is take a look back and look at all those things. All of those things were what? Were, were things that God had willed to do. In certain situations, God needed for us to know what was going to happen in the future. He prophesied about what was going on. So it's true. Prophecy is a foretelling of the future in those events because that's the way that God willed it to happen. Does that make sense? 
In these other scriptures, it was a declaration of what was happening. I declared, <laughs> I declare, I declare this, I declare this is the gospel, this is the truth. We announce it to everyone. We declare the kingdom of God is here. You have access to the kingdom. We declare it. And then we go on in our, in our, in our worship settings to teach and admonish and reprove and comfort others. That word is not as, quite as mystical. It's not this crystal ball that just tells you future. I told you this morning, these guys up here worshiping prophesied. The whole time, it's all I could think about is like, man, whew, that is powerful. They were prophesying up here. When they were singing about the veil being torn and the kingdom coming, man, I was just, wow. That's, that was, it was more beautiful than I could ever teach. I can't sing like they can sing, but I mean, they were just, they were prophesying. They were declaring. Man, that is good. Don't. Don't think of this as, as it's just up here prophesying or that it's just a foretelling of the future like you've got this crystal ball. No, you, you have the kingdom. You have the deposit of the kingdom in your heart. You have the Holy Spirit, and you can prophesy. Now, there are other gifts. This isn't the only gift. He just says the reason why he emphasizes this one is because these are the way that we communicate. What is the key in relationship? Communication. Man, when I was in worship, of, of all the things, and you... Uh, a little peek into my into my mind. Um, I see the gospel in everything, man. I see it all the time. It's like a it's like an explosion every time I turn around. When I was I come in here every every morning when I, I go in there and I study and I look over my notes and I come in here and I just I pace and I walk. I call it uh, pacing because I pray and pace and I just pace around here and I pray for you guys and I pray for the church and I pray and I just I just walk around and listen to these guys practice worship. It's awesome. You guys should do it. Um, and so as I was doing that, man, it just kept coming back to me. The last, last week's tournament, the volleyball tournament, I'm not into sports. Like, I'm not like a sports guy. I didn't grow up playing sports. Um, I'm not, I don't really get into it much. Tracy's more into football than I am. I mean, I'm just, it is what it is. I don't really care, roll tide, war eagle, whatever. Um, I don't mind watching a game because you live in the South and you can't be social if you don't. So I kind of got into football <laughs> inadvertently. Um, all that to say, now that my, my kids play, Trinity played, and now Jordan's playing volleyball, and... You know, I find myself standing up and yelling and then looking around like, whoa, what am I doing? <laughs> that was weird. I'm that guy. Um, <clears throat> but as I'm watching them play, what frustrates me about them is sometimes they don't communicate and the ball will just hit the ground and it frustrates me to no end. I'm like, I would rather you run into each other trying to get the ball than not speak. And I'll say it out loud. I'll say, talk, talk. <laughs> Why aren't you talking to each other? And, the, and then the, the last tournament we played, I mean, they lost every game. It was bad. Uh, this tournament, the first day, they lost every game. Second day, they put in this other bracket, and they, they, they started communicating, and they started moving, and they started working together. And one of the things I noticed, um, and I asked Jordan about it to clarify this morning because I don't know much about volleyball, is occasionally I would hear them scream, help, help. <laughs> and I asked her, I was like, what is, what do you, why do you scream help? Is it because you can't get the ball? What is it? And she was like, well, it's when a setter is supposed to, so volleyball, if you don't know, it's just bump set spike over and over again. That's what they try to do. You usually... It gets chaotic when you can't do that. But the point is the bump, set, spike. It's three things. Bump, set it up, spike, okay? That's, that's real simple. And they got to communicate this. Um, and so uh, what they'll say is when the, setter, when, the, when the setter can't get to it, this is her position. When she can't get to it, she screams help for someone else to play her position to get to it. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. We've got volleyball players here. Um, and, man, that just struck me. <laughs> Because it's, it's a position that we're not even supposed to be playing. And it's like, I, I know I can't, I'm getting broken up about volleyball, but I'm seeing the gospel. And give, me, give, me, give me a chance. I'm trying to get it out. 
So I saw even even in you know as I was worshiping, I saw this as this this position that we want. You know, they want to win, they want to do well, they want to do these things, but they find themselves falling short, and then they have to scream out help, and someone else have to, has to step in. And I just saw the gospel in that, that we, that's how we were with Jesus. We came to the end of ourselves, and we're like, we want to do this, we want to win, we, you know, we want to do good, and we just can't, I need help. And then someone steps in and takes our place for us. And I just saw that so clearly when I was, when I could hear them, because they were so passionate about the game, and they began to win. They were down, you know, you, you score 25 to win, and the other team was at 24, and they were at 18. And I was like, you know, history has proven they're about to lose. This sucks. I wish they would win, but all right. Well, they started getting points over and over, and they were communicating. They were yelling, and they were hollering help, and they were helping each other, and they were communicating. I was like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then they won. I was like, ah, it just went crazy. It was the first game they had won, and we just went nuts. It was awesome. I know, yay. And so I thought about that, and, and in light of, of – <laughs> volleyball, but in light of the gospel, I see it in the gifts as well. There, there's, there are these areas that I believe God is going to place these gifts on us that are not ill-fitting. They're going to work. You know, I even talked to several people this morning about areas that they're gifted, that they just want to minister to other people and want opportunities for it. Listen, we're a church that is always going to be a church that has life begging for structure, not structure begging for life. I am not going to create some class that you have to go to because I think that it's something you should do. You guys are going to have to be the one that, that you feel is led to do, and I'm going to support you in that. Does that make sense? Because I believe that's it's like an upside-down pyramid here. I'm not on the top. I'm on the bottom. I'm supporting you guys. I want you guys to operate in your gifts. That, that's the purpose of the church is to get, help you guys grow, not so that you can all serve me. That doesn't make any sense. So we do. We operate like this kind of upside-down pyramid where we all serve everyone else because that's the way Jesus did. He, he made himself low, the lowliest position for us. So it seems logical that we would do the same thing since he was the prototype, right? All right, sidebar. So in that, you guys are going to operate in a gift that's not ill-fitting to you. Why? Because God knows how you're made. He knows what works for you. He knows how your mind works. He knows what you enjoy. He knows what you care for. He knows you. Now, he will also, <laughs> he will also throw an audible anytime he darn well pleases. An audible... Hey, that's a sport thing, isn't it? Is that a sport thing? Look at me being sports. <laughs> Touchdown goal. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you. Hang on. I coached volleyball for a while, and something that we did is we have a lot of people that are just really bad at setting. And so you're like, you still require those people to practice setting because you know in the game situation, it can just so happen that someone has calls for help and you have to be able to step into that position and do something you're uncomfortable doing, you're not the best at, but you're also setting up your whole team as a unit right. to continue with the pass set hit. You know, like, so right. it's interesting, kind of what you're saying. Sometimes you have to do things that are outside of your giftings, right. but it's and not about you. It's about the It's next about step. the team, right. And that's, that's what Paul is trying to emphasize in the body, that we're, we're a body. And so there are going to be places that, that at time, okay, an audible. I may be wrong, somebody can correct me, but I believe an audible is when there's a, there's a I guess, a, a play called or a plan, and then it changes. Is that right? And then so you call an audible, and you change the plan. So does that make sense? So we're going to do, I guess, in football, you're going to, you know, you're going to run, you're going to do this. Well, no, we're going to change it because something's changed, right? Does that make sense? Yeah. Am I right? That's Sorry. Right, yeah, something changes. So the reason I say that is because God is God. And the purpose behind what he's doing is not just to, it's not just to glorify you and your gifting at all. 
It's not. It's to glorify himself. And he has the right to call an audible in any given situation because he's the one that gives you the gifting. It's the way that he wills. I told, I told you guys a story way back when we were at the ramp, and I don't normally operate in a certain gifting, but in that moment, someone else needed it. And so God said, okay, you're there, you're willing, use you. Yeah, all things. And do I? Oh, you weren't here? It was awesome. So, well, so I got, a, uh, I got a word specifically for Lydia. I think several other people, but Lydia was one, the main one I remembered. And um, I just, I mean, it was, it was something that she needed, you know, more so than I would have ever known. And it was a word directly for her. And I don't normally, do, you know, that's not normally my gifting as far as real specific like that. Or, you know, kind of, a, I, don't, I hate to use the term comfort zone because it's so misused, but it was outside of what I normally would do in my gifting. Um, but it was needed for that season and for her. So Lydia could tell you more about it than I could. Yeah, basically he had a word for me about self-image when I was, you know, young and like had kind of started dealing with that. And um, just saying like, you know, the Father sees you and you're so beautiful. And it just like wrecked my world in, in the best way because it hit me right. Like I hadn't told anybody what was going on. Definitely hadn't told you. <laughs> Not at all. Um, and, and just God met me. And the fact that, like, you know, you never would have known and I hadn't told anybody. Um, right. It really just, like, kind of changed my life. And, like, I held on to that word, like, all throughout middle school and high school. And, like, whenever I was – I had it on my – like, for people who weren't here, I had it – like, I took a big poster board and basically painted it on there, like, finger paint style, and taped it to my ceiling. So it was the first thing that I saw every morning when I woke up and every night when I was going to bed. And um, when I've been, like – when, when, you know, like sometimes you, you're feeling down, um, that was a word that I held on to. And it helped me remember, like, you know what, God sees me and he thinks I'm beautiful. And he's the one who really tells me my worth and he's the one I get my worth from. Right. And it, so it changed my life. So, yeah. so going along those same lines, when <clears throat> even uh, my Uncle Bobby coming to visit, I, I always, like as a, as a son, I always desired a relationship with my father and my dad. So even like when we hang out and talk to, to Bobby and I see some, uh, maybe a mannerism or something that my dad had that was similar because they were brothers, um, I think about, you know, what, what did I inherit from my dad as far as like character or, you know, a laugh or a joke or something like that, you know, in the same way when we talk about our heavenly father, when we, when we operate in giftings, we, you legitimately carry like heavenly DNA now. Like, to, to break it down <clears throat> in the most simplest form, like, you, you have new heritage. You have new, um, new characteristics, new personality even. We put so much emphasis on our personality. Your personality changes. You grow. You change. But one of the, one of the key things going back to our gifting and, and going back to, I'm getting way off topic here, but going back to prophecy, the reason I think he emphasizes this so much is because prophecy is where the gospel is communicated. It's not just foretold, it's announced, it's declared, it's taught in lots of different ways. It's not just in teaching in a, in a traditional sense. It's singing. We, we prophesy when we sing. We prophesy when we pray for one another. We prophesy all the time. This isn't, yeah, we got. Um, so don't, don't think that prophecy is, is this mysterious thing that, is unattainable and only certain ones can do that, there are going to be times that you may need to prophesy. There may be an audible where you need to prophesy. Um, you may just be gifted in that area and you prophesy all the time. That's fine. But don't, 
Don't treat it as though it's some, just some mystical crystal ball that's just going to tell somebody's future all the time. That's not what the scripture describes it as. If you do a, even a brief word study, you can see that's not all it is. Yeah. Many times I would get a prophetic word, and oh, um, we have the tendency, I had the tendency, it was kind of taught, you know, like <clears throat> you're supposed to be seeking after this thing, and, and you're going to get a prophetic word, and it looks like this, and it's something out in your future, something that God wants you to do, or something that God's made you to be, and so you're like, yeah, that's nice, whatever, but the, 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 the point being He's, it's an invitation into knowing the Lord. Like, right. it, like you say, it's not mystical. It's not like, it's, it's, it's an open door. Would you like to come here? Um, uh, it, it's a, a card in the mail, RSVP. Like, you can get a word of prophecy and take the, the piece of paper from the mailbox right. and just set it on the shelf and never use it. Or you can say, ooh, ooh, um, what does God want to be for me in this season? Like, what is he teaching me about himself? Like, it, it is all about relationship. Yeah. And, and the, the word, uh, it's either testimony or witness, but the word that's used often that we get the word witness or testimony from um, is actually two, we've talked about this before too, but it's a two-part word that is like an eye and a door. In other words, it's not just something that you see, but it's something you walk through. So the word, even the word, when we begin to prophesy and tell people about who, what, who God is and what his kingdom looks like, you don't, they don't just see it. It's a two-part word. They see it, and then they walk through it and experience it. So it's, it carries with it power. So when you prophesy the word of God, when you prophesy God's heart to people, something happens. Yeah. Yeah. Does anybody know who Sean Bowles is, B-O-L-C? Okay. He's, like, probably the, the chillest prophetic <laughs> guy ever. <laughs> um, and he really kind of breaks down some of the – he goes into, like, micro detail or whatever. Um, but one thing that he, he says is, like, pro- one of the biggest things with prophecy is it's, like, it shows people, like, hey, God knows you. Like, things right. that, like, the person prank- talking to you or prophesying to you, like, things that they would never know about you, it's, like, boom, God's got your number and God loves you. And that's, like, it's, like, the whole, not not the whole reason, but, like, when it's in that context of, like, saying something to somebody, you know, it's, it's like, like, an example. So, there, a couple years ago, there was um, just some some just uh, like I don't know warfare I guess <laughs> that I was dealing with and there was like a specific thing that I couldn't resolve with God and I hadn't really talked to anybody except like Lauren and maybe you um, and we I just happened to volunteer for like some youth worship thing and I was like okay this will be fun you know whatever um, and nobody knew I was in like this like huge battle you know and this guy huh? yeah I mean I'll, I'll I mean I was I was actually I'll get into it. I mean, I was I was like seriously doubting my identity as a as like a son of God, which I know sounds if you from the outside may sound silly, but like it was like it was so real. Yeah, I remember. And um, it was just just for for like months. I mean, my wife probably hated me, and <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was like it, it was a, it was a it, it was a pit, man. And and this guy who I, I never met before was like the, the guest worship leader. I was like, okay, he's he's whatever you know. And then after it, he was like, hey, can I pray for you guys? And because, um, you know, we, we just we're, we're talking about some other stuff that we were just were thinking about. And he's like, well, let me pray for you. And, you know, he prayed for Lauren first and kind of said all this stuff. And then he looked at me and he's like, and God, I just thank you for your son. And he's like, he's like, I don't know why. Like, that's that's what I hear God just like saying over and over. It's like, he's my son. He's my son. He's my son. And I just, man. Wow. It broke. I broke. I didn't really break down. But, <laughs> but like, 
I just like I felt like this just yeah like this all this like turmoil just left and it's and like that's that's one of the things that's so powerful about prophecy it's it's like God knows you mm-hmm. it's 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 not it's not like hey man like what can I pray for you for it's like hey God already know, God's already been thinking about you right and, and it's, it's, not, per, it's personal yeah. right it's so per- yeah I know oh go ahead So, um, just, you know, to, we'll this is kind of interesting, but we went, we ended up going to Texas to a random church in Texas, but, um, someone prayed for Daniel and they said the same exact thing. They were like, you're, you're God's son. And just the same exact words that this other guy from, um, I guess Mobile had said, they said yeah. the same exact thing. And so... Well, one of, one of the things, when you mentioned something about Sean, too, what I love about Sean is he's very humble, and he'll openly admit when he makes a mistake. He's just like, hey, I, I messed up. And I think that, but I, mean, I think that's, there's, there's something to that that we need to understand that none of us are perfect, right? Like, we don't want you just, fly, we don't want you just flying off the handle. That's why we do have a little bit of order so that we can, we can help you guys. But at the same time, you're going to trip up a little bit when you begin to operate in your gift, whatever that gift is. You, you, you may... You know, hit it every time, that's fine. But you may drop the ball every once in a while, and that's okay. It's not, because here's the thing. It's not that you're perfect in your ability to do it, but that you're willing to receive it and distribute it to those that are around you. That's when God really can really begin to use you. And the more, I think the more that you recognize that it's not you and it's him, the easier it is to do some of this stuff and, and not get not get too involved. Not, I mean, not, not like you're not getting involved, you're co-laboring with Christ, but at the same time, not trying to put your own spin on it, right? Yeah. I was actually going to say something along those lines, and it was something that Sean Bowles um, (laughs) said. Because, I mean, I guess I was struggling. I was living in India, and I was struggling with the fact that um, this is every single person I talked to, it was their very first time ever hearing about Jesus. And so when I gave a word of prophecy, I was so crippled by the fact that I was like, I don't want to misrepresent Jesus, like, I was just, it honestly, like, it it scared me so much to where I just didn't do it because I didn't want to wow. be wrong because I'm not perfect. Right. Obviously, the Lord is, and he knows exactly what everybody's going through. But basically what Sean said was, like, honestly, they don't, when you have a word for them and you give it to them, they're not even expecting for you to be right because they don't believe in the first place. <laughs> right. And so it's like... <laughs> Honestly, if if you're wrong, it's okay because they expect you to be wrong anyways, <laughs> and, and you're not gonna like you're not gonna it's it's not going to like ruin Jesus's image in their minds because he's so much bigger than that. Like right. we literally cannot. I don't know. There, if if we mess up, another person will go to them, you know, and at least they hear they heard the love of God. Well. Th- I don't remember. <laughs> Tell that story. I could just yell. <clears throat> so one time he was in, uh, Sean was in, Star. we've all apparently listened to a lot of Sean's stuff. He was in Starbucks or some coffee shop and he's in line and he thinks that he has a word for the person in line with him. And so he says, hey, you know, is your name so-and-so and um, it, you know, is this blah, 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 you know, trying to give them a word and he got it wrong. And they're like, uh, 
No. And he goes, oh, I'm sorry, I got that wrong. Like, I, I'm, I'm a Christian, and I, I, the Lord talks to me, and I'm practicing hearing his voice. And so I thought that's what he was saying. They're like, really? You do? <laughs> and then the door for conversation was right. open, and they just were, they had such a positive experience with prophecy. Yeah. And, and a Christian, like, the door for the gospel was open, as opposed to, you know, we think we have to get it right. And then there was one time <clears throat> he was in, uh, Starbucks, and there was this, you know, he lives out in Hollywood area. <clears throat> I don't know where. California, you know. and uh, <laughs> Stalker. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> geography makes a difference. Anyway, we're American. We don't know geography. So, <laughs> so he's in California, and he's in a coffee shop, and a lot of writers will go there for uh, writing out their scripts or whatever. I don't know this. I only know this from his story. And uh, so um, they're, you know, there's a bazillion people trying to get rich in the industry, and they may or may not make it. So this, he, he sees this lady across the shop, and God gives him a word for her. And he goes over, and he's like, you know, gets copy. Then he goes over, and he's like, hey, and gives her a word. And, uh, and completely, she was like, oh, my goodness. Like, I've been doing this for years. I've been trying and trying and trying, and I haven't been doing anything, like making a success in this area. And... Um, you know, like, I just, I literally prayed to God this morning that, you know, something would happen, something would uh, change, and he encouraged her, like, right. God met her that day, um, so you can get it right, you can get it wrong, it's just you being willing, right. are you, like you said, are you receiving and distributing, it doesn't matter if you get it right, and you're encouraging the person who was going to give up, and it doesn't matter if you get it wrong, and the person says, oh, God talks to you, right, <laughs> right, like, well, if, if, if this thing all rested on our ability, none of us would be doing anything. I mean, I certainly wouldn't be up here teaching you guys if it was just me, right? In the same way, when, when you communicate God's heart to other people, allow God to speak. Don't, don't get, and I, I, I don't say this lightly, don't, don't let your own opinions get in the way sometimes because what we will do, and I speak from experience, is we will try to put God in this box and he doesn't fit well. <laughs> I'm, I'm, in, I'm, I'm not saying he's always wild and crazy. He is sometimes. But I'm just saying, if you get your own perspective out of the way sometimes to allow him to give you a new perspective about people because when you prophesy, you are calling things out that you may not see that actually are in another reality. And that sounds real kooky, when you just say it like that. But we do represent another kingdom, and there is a, there is a spiritual battle going on. And so when you, when you speak to things in the natural from the Spirit, allow the Spirit to lead you in those things. Be careful not to, not to try to spin that too much. And I only, I'm, not, I'm not saying be scared that you're going to mess up or anything. Just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you because he will. He's super willing to do it. One of the biggest hurdles that I ever had or still have, is to shut up. Like legitimately to stop talking, stop looking at my phone, stop listening to music, stop listening to sermons for five minutes, and just listen. The, most of the time when God speaks to me, it's early, early, early in the morning because I'm not doing 20,000 things because my ADD is running 100 miles an hour in 20 different directions. So when God speaks is when I shut up and listen. And from those places, a lot of times I get messages and I get sermons and I get words or I get whatever it is, is because God is speaking to me for other people, for what? what? What's Paul saying? For the building up of other people. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about Jesus. So in those places, allow him to speak to you. And he may speak such a powerful truth to you that you've got to share with other people. 
You can't, you can't keep it in. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you, Justin. I was just thinking the same thing. I've had people give me a word. I knew it was not God. You know, and it kind of shook me because I thought, wait a minute. I know that's not God speaking. But at the same time, like you said, pray before you speak because I've had words that I felt like I was supposed to give, and the Lord was like, nope, you've the mess- you got the message, you're not the messenger. You need to stay back and, and just be yeah. quiet and just pray. Yeah. So I just try to really pray, and a lot of times those words, I try to ask God to confirm that word, or if I just feel that that voice just won't stop, and it's been like 10, 30 minutes, an hour, I'm like, okay, that's God. You know, and then I go for it. But I just think it's important we do pray, and we say, are we the ones that sit back and just pray? Are we the ones that speak? You know, there's just misuses of the gift, where you can just tell somebody off in the name of Jesus, and you know, and you just—I I didn't vented, see that gift. You vented your anger, and you're like, "Yeah, that was God. No, no, that was not God." So I just think it's good where it's the Holy Spirit, and we just know. And like I said, it's okay if we mess up, but just that we we know God's heart, and we want to share it in a grace-filled way. Because right. I've had words spoken that weren't full of grace in a Baptist church, and I did not receive them. And then I've had words that were spoken to me, and years later, I realized that person was right, and I ignored them completely. Yeah. And they could have saved me a lot of pain. And so I think it's just keeping the matter of prayer. Well, here, here's, the, here's the key, and Paul addresses this over and over and over again. The, the relationship that you have with your brother or sister is going to determine how you minister to them with your gifts. Some people need a whisper. Some people need a slap in the face. I mean, maybe, not, maybe figuratively. Don't slap anybody in the face in the name of God. Laying on of hands, right? So... What I'm saying is, I just. <laughs> try Jesus. Don't try me. No. So, what I'm saying is, there's going to be times the situation is going to determine how you speak to people because you are there to build, to build them up and to love them, not to prove a point and not to be right. Many, I think many. Many opportunities are lost when we just try to prove ourselves to be right and not, not operate in the gift that we're given. We try to operate in a gift we give ourselves, which is, hey, I'm right and you're wrong, and I need to prove you wrong for whatever reason that is. So, yes. Is this on? Check, check, check. Check. Okay. I think, I think it was Bill Johnson. He said, he said sometimes we over-mysticize the verse that says um, the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God, but he's like, you know, we, we think like, all right, this way, this, but he's just like, he's like, have you ever thought like, man, I need to text that person or man, I need to go over. Like, he's like, it's, it's your nature to just kind of be in the zone with God. So like, like even like when like Lauren's praying for somebody, you know, and she'll just like pray for them. And then, you know, and she's like, it's like, she'll think like something and like, it's, it's not like God's like, you know, you know necessarily i mean maybe sometimes it is i don't know i'm like okay okay i'll speak for myself <laughs> like i'll just be like uh, like I'll, I'll be praying and like i'll like want to say something and i'm like okay this may or may not be god but i'm just going to go with it and like nine times out of ten it's something that i needed to say and it doesn't seem any different necessarily than like what i was just thinking i was going to say but like stuff will just like pop up and it's, it's not like for prophecy it's i mean maybe it's different for other people maybe some people i guess do hear audibly or whatever. Well, and, and I'll tell yeah. you, I think it can be here's, another, here's another ditch we fall into is that it's got to be a certain way all the time. Some people may get that you know, whisper from God and it's so clear and they can speak it. Some other person may just know a very simple truth about who God is and his character and he speaks that truth over and over and over again. That's prophecy too. Because when, when you speak the truth about God's nature and his character to people, something happens. When the gospel is shared, something happens. When, 
When the Holy Spirit goes with your words, we know that the, 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 the power of life and death is in the tongue. The power of life is in the tongue. When you speak it, that's why he emphasizes prophecy here. When we sing it, man, when, when we just sing and we say these things out of our mouths, it's, it's a reality. It is real. It's not just going through the motions and singing. When I sing it, I'm like, wow, you tore the veil. Oh, my gosh, that's amazing. When you speak to someone a very simple truth, and if, hopefully that should take all the intimidation away. You could say God loves you. At the very most basic understanding, someone may need to hear that today. You're a son. We're all the sons of God. That's a generic word. I'm not going to say that. I want like a specific word for this man. And God's like, no, I, I really want you to say he's a son. But that was breakthrough for him. Yep. That was a specific word for him because it was personal. Here's the thing. The scripture that talks about, you know, the scripture talks about casting seeds and it's going to fall on these different grounds. We want to do all these studies about the grounds. <laughs> when the point is cast the seeds. Yeah. Don't worry about the grounds. <laughs> There's going to be some that take it and some that don't. Don't, don't stop casting seeds. Don't, don't stop pouring your pouring his life out through you. I almost said your life out, but I mean, that is. It's the same. So what he's saying is throw those seeds. Throw them, throw them, throw them, throw them, throw them. Don't, don't get so caught up in exactly where they land and what they look like. You may not do this. You may not water them. It's, guess, who, guess who makes them grow? He does. The sun does. The last time I checked, you guys, do you guys control the sun? Do you guys? No. Doug, you got it? Yeah. Cast seeds. Light switch. Can I Just add, cast seeds. Can I add a little bit to the sure. story to that? Last Monday, I was <clears throat> running over to grab some lunch, and I noticed this kid digging clothes out of a, one of the donation boxes down by the mall. And the Lord said, um, go give him some money. And I just kept driving. I'm in a hurry. And then he said, go give me some money. So I turned around, and by then he had stepped on his skateboard and was headed across, and I had to kind of track him down with my car. You didn't grab your skateboard? <laughs> he was using his skateboard for transportation, and he had his backpack on and some, some clothes kind of draped around him. Like. Anyway, um, when I rolled down the window, I, I, had a, I had a little water once. I said, this is only once. Don't get excited. <laughs> <laughs> I'm rich. But the Lord told me to give you this. And come to find out, um, he had been to a rehab. He had been through a Christian rehab. But he was... And the reason I'm telling you this story is this is what prophecy looks like. It doesn't look like somebody in a white robe standing in front saying, thus saith the Lord. Right. It, 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 is, it is the voice of God being shared with another person who needs to hear from the Lord. Right. And so I was able to share the gospel of grace with him, which sometimes happens in rehab. And anyway, and, and then I told him, I said, I'm going to pray for your mama. And he said she had a stroke. And he lives with his mom. So the need there was so great. Right. But God knew that voice, right. and he knew he needed to be told he loved him. So, and that was it. I mean, that's the whole thing. Yeah, and it, it, it even reminds me back of the, the woman at the well. Come, come see this man who told me all, all about who I am. He knew everything about me. He told me everything I'd ever done. He re, it wasn't that he was trying to shame or guilt her about all of her sin. He was helping her understand that he was the source of it all and that everything that she was looking for in a man or a uh, security and relationship and love that she was looking for and something less than was found right in front of her. He was like, I am. <laughs> this is me. I am the guy. Oh, well, we've heard that this guy's going to come and we worship on this mountain and you worship on... Mm. <laughs> you don't understand. None of that matters. I'm the one that's going to solve all these problems. I'm the guy. And so 
I think when we, when we share this, the, the reality that we have to find ourselves in <laughs> is, not, is not that, uh, that we're going to succeed or fail because it's not up to us anyway. We allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us and then we share it with other people. We always say we're R&D, we're a receive and distribute church. You receive from him and you distribute. All right, stand up with me. We'll pray for you guys. Those kids are probably terrorizing our helpers. I mean, they're probably having a lot of fun. <laughs> Father, I thank you. Lord, I thank you for your joy, uh, for your peace, for your kindness, for your favor, Lord. Uh, you've given it to us as gifts, Lord. You've given us gifts in, in certain areas that we can flourish and that we can enjoy this life. You say you, you don't just give us a life, you give us an abundant life. Lord, I thank you that we don't have to look outside of those places for, for uh, joy and for peace. We find them in, in, in you, in us, in our heart. So, Lord, I pray that you would continually um, manifest your nature in us. Lord, continually baptize us. Lord, pour more of, of who you are in and through us every day so that we know who you are and we can share that with those that are around us. Lord, help us to build each other up. N no division, no... no uh, no hurt. Lord, just heal us and help us heal those that are around us. In Jesus' name, amen.